Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome into Blue Wire Studios for Bet to Win. You're the win, Las Vegas. I'm Joe Fan, your host, Nick Dayus. My guy is coming on. We usually talk UFC, but with no UFC pay-per-view this weekend, he's going to come join me to go through our NFC East betting preview. On Monday, I covered the NFC West. If you haven't checked that out, be sure to go back and listen. Totally evergreen stuff. Uh, and I gave you my favorite picks in the NFC West as far as futures go. Nick's going to help me make those same decisions here in the NFC East. And as a Giants fan, a residence giant, resident Giants fan here on Bet to Win, I'm excited for his thoughts uh, on his Giants with Brian Dable at the helm. Um, before I bring him on, though, uh, I do unfortunately have an L to hold after a couple straight wins. My winning pick lost on Monday. I bet uh, Mets first five minus a half a run against the Reds at minus 120. I was betting on Max Scherzer, and he delivered five scoreless innings. Uh, the the thing I didn't bet on was Nick Lodolo also shutting out the Mets. He was lights out, just four and two thirds. Uh, but he were or but they were all scoreless with eight Ks, zero zero tie through five innings. I lose the bet. The Reds actually won that game, one nothing. I'll try to get back into my winning ways uh, at the end of the show with another winning pick. Uh, let's bring him in. This is Nick Dayus. You hear him all the, time, all the time here on this show. He's the host and founder of the Veterans Minimum Podcast on Blue Wires Podcast Network. You can also follow him on Twitter at Nick Dayus10. Nick, what's up, my guy? Joe, what's good, bro? Nice to come on to talk some football with you. I'm excited. A division I know well and a team that constantly just lets me down. Yeah, I think... The Giants to you are the Mariners to me. The only difference is you've got two Super Bowls that you've enjoyed during your lifetime uh, where I haven't seen a playoff game in more than two decades. Other than that, same thing. Um, it does starting to go through these previews and coming up with my notes and just kind of refreshing yourself on what happened during the offseason. It is sort of like, let's now through the first week of July, training camps are coming Football is on the horizon, and I couldn't be more excited about it. Before we get to the NFC East, though, the big news uh, in the NFL on Wednesday, the Baker Mayfield saga has come to a conclusion. Remember, months ago, there were reports there was a mutual disinterest between Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. Well, obviously, things have changed. They've swiped right on Bumble for the time being, uh, and he is now a Panther. A conditional fifth-round pick if he plays 70% of snaps that will move to a fourth-round pick. Uh, they've now got Baker Mayfield, 2018's first overall pick, and Sam Darnold on the roster, the number three pick in that draft. Uh, what do you make of this deal with Baker finally having a new home? Mm, right? Like, all right. I mean, it's... Man, the whole Baker situation, he never did it for me. I was never a Baker. Uh, he did come into the league and kind of took the league by storm, right? He had a monster rookie season. And then from there, you know, there's a new coordinator every year. There's a new head coach pretty much every year that he's been there. And then you have the old Dell stuff. The thing with Baker that's unfortunate for him is when he got traded. He got traded now. So he's missed the voluntary camps, the OTAs. Those are very important for when you're a new quarterback going into a new system, new team. Uh, I did notice, Joe, I don't know if you caught this, but in a lot of places, the win total went from five and a half to six and a half games. That just shows you the upgrade between what Sam Darnold and Baker is, in my opinion. But this is still a team where, at best, everything goes well. McCaffrey's healthy, running wild. This is a, a seven-win team in the NFC South. 
I think they can do better than that. I think they could potentially be a wild card team just as the Browns were. But what is the real upside? I think you're still looking at Baker Mayfield. Well, in my opinion, an upgrade over Sam Darnold, but just how much better does he make them? And I understand that he was dealing with a lot of injuries last year, but you look at the Browns were one of the, the top dark horse Cinderella teams going into last season with so much talent on both sides of the football. I think Carolina, maybe not to that degree because you know, defensively you don't have Miles Garrett, but but there are still plenty of pieces offensively and defensively that say this roster compares pretty favorably to what the Browns had. And so I think the NFC is open enough to where there's not clear cut, oh, these are the wild card teams, especially when now that there are three. Uh, and you look at the division outside of the Bucks, there are question marks all over it. So I think they're better. I think the issue is that you know, Baker is still a flawed quarterback. And the the upside here is you're banking on some up to untapped upside and potential from the former number one overall pick. That's kind of my purview of it. Joe, I got to be honest. As you were talking, you were starting to swing me a bit because I thought that was an awful take right off the bat that they could be a playoff team. <laughs> uh, but you you swung me a little, right? Like there, there are some pieces on Carolina that I like. Like I, I, I'm a big DJ Moore guy. I Christian McCaffrey, I think, is the best overall running back in football. He's just been hurt the last couple of seasons. But in the two games he played last year, I remember I had him on my fantasy team. Dude was dropping 30 like every game. And, and you'd look, he's like, oh, he didn't even score a touchdown. His usage is just so ridiculous. They got some pieces on defense that they've used top picks on. Burns on the defensive line. Uh, J.C. Horn, the corner that they got, who I thought he was having a pretty good season. And then, you know, not a good season. He got hurt last year, but he he lit it up in camp and they were very, very high on him and he was your your number one corner. So there's a lot of things there that I like. I think Matt Rule is definitely on the hot seat. Uh, I know um, you shouldn't really be pro someone losing their job, but he is the favorite to be the first coach fired if you're into those kind of bets as well. I think that they they are going in the right direction. I still think that Mayfield and Darnold are bridge quarterbacks. So whoever it might be, it could be Matt Corral, who I kind of like Matt Corral coming out of uh, of Ole Miss. So it's still not something that moves the needle too much. But you're right, though. Like the the conference is pretty bad in the NFC. You do have the additional playoff team now with three wild card teams, and then also the South. It's Tampa Bay versus everybody. Yeah, I, th I think my overall take would be, and, and this is not knowing what the Deshaun Watson suspension will be, but knowing what I know about the AFC and how many good quarterbacks are there and how loaded that conference is, I think the Panthers have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Browns following this trade. Uh, that might not be a hot take. That might be like, oh, yeah, well, duh. But also, to me, it, it is significant. Um, also, week one, Browns yeah. and Panthers. Just as we get Seahawks, Broncos, Russell Wilson going to Seattle week one, the Panthers host the Browns week one. Uh, the Browns still favored by one. Give me Carolina. I love, see where you're not a big Baker Mayfield guy, and I've said this a number of times in the show, I love Baker Mayfield. I'm a Baker Mayfield apologist to a fault. And I've loved him ever since his time at Oklahoma. And so I, that's sort of why I was hoping the Seahawks would acquire him because Pissed off Baker Mayfield just sounds kind of fun. It could go any different direction. But the fact that he gets to play the Browns in week one, I'm very much looking forward to that. Let's get into the meat of the conversation, though, and previewing the NFC East. Um, I'm going to run through what the numbers are. 
and we'll revisit them as, as we talk about each team. But then we'll we'll go team by team what they did this offseason, where we think they might be going in 2022. Um, win totals. The Cowboys are at 10 and a half. They won 12 in 2021. The Eagles are at nine and a half. They won nine last season. The Giants at seven and a half, which is inexplicable to me. And we'll get to them. Uh, and then the Commanders, not the football team any longer. The, the Commanders at seven and a half. Um, odds to win the NFC East, the Cowboys at plus 110. Uh, 60 cents, better odds. Eagles at plus 170. Uh, Commanders at plus 550. Giants at plus 750. Odds to win the NFC, Cowboys are eight to one. Eagles 10 to one. Giants 50 to one. And the Commanders also 50 to one. And then the Super Bowl, Cowboys at 16. Eagles at 20. Giants at 100 to one. And Commanders also at 100 to one. Nick, let's start with the Cowboys. Uh, an underwhelming offseason, in my opinion. They get Michael Gallup back under new contract. Dalton Schultz on the franchise tag. They restructure to Marcus Lawrence. Uh, the big departure, Amari Cooper going in a trade. Somehow, for only a fifth-round pick. It, somehow, in the same offseason, Christian Kirk got a bag worth seven or $18 million a year, and Amari Cooper got traded for a fifth-round pick. Um, also, yeah, Randy Gregory of the Broncos, they get uh, Dante Fowler as a free agent. But to me, they're banking a lot on rookies um, this season. I just don't know where they got better. What was your uh, opinion of what the Cowboys have done these last few months? Well, the answer to if they got better is is no. Uh, I think Dallas was the only team in the division that got worse. Amari Cooper, if you look at the splits prior to him getting to Dallas, Joe, for Dak Prescott, they are significant. Uh, Dak Prescott the the key to his success with the Cowboys was Amari Cooper being on the field. Like his splits with and without him are outrageous. Uh, the guy that they need to get rid of is Ezekiel Elliott. And I've been saying this since 2018. He came into the league, took the league by storm those first two seasons. He has not been a good running back since. He is a guy who he's gotten slower. He got paid that contract. It was it was ridiculous when he first got it, right? And And look, get your money. Absolutely. I'm pro player for that. But also on the flip side, like the team, they're suffering because of that. Uh, you mentioned Michael Gallup. They bring him back, but due to his ACL, he probably isn't coming back till November, I would say, Joe, uh, getting full, fully cleared. CD Lamb, I think, is going to have a monster season. I'm looking at him at 15 to 1 to lead the league in receiving yards. I think that is very interesting. But the one thing that I always look for, Joe, when I'm, when, Ever I it's this time of the year and I'm doing divisions, I'm doing win totals, all that. It's it's two things. Your record in one score games, year in, year out, there seems to be regression to the mean. It's very rare that a team is gonna go eight and one in one score games one year and then you know seven and two the next year. It's very rare that you see that happen. Dallas was five and three in one score games last year. And then one of the bigger things too, Joe, is turnover differential. They led the league in turnover differential. Trayvon Diggs is not going to lead the league in interceptions, getting those many turnovers. Like year to year, that's something that there's also regression to. So they they check a lot of the boxes for a team that I would be concerned putting my money on. Yeah, I agree. The Ezekiel Elliott thing is such a good point. Um, you know, I think it's, and this has been a conversation that's been going for some time now. If you just don't pay running backs top end money, and they did that with Zeke, and he's not the best running back on the roster. Tony Pollard, I think most people would say, is a better running back, unless you're a Cowboys fan trying to justify the Zeke Elliott contract. Um, but I agree with you. They are in a tough spot. And unless these rookies come through, Tyler Smith, a tackle in the first round, and uh, edge player Sam Williams, who 
would probably be the the better Randy Gregory replacement than Dante Fowler if he can step up. And of course, they had that with Micah Parsons last year as a rookie who was a star from day one. Uh, they're going to need that from Tyler Smith and Sam Williams. Now, given they lost Leo Collins and Connor Williams on that offensive line, um, huge question marks in Dallas. Uh, let's go to the Eagles, who I mentioned um, nine and a half is their win total. So uh, a half a win higher than what they accomplished in 2021 as a wild card team. Um, their odds to win the NFC East are plus 170 compared to Dallas's plus 110. So I, I talked about the Niners compared to the Rams on Monday, where it's a 50 cent difference in terms of the odds to win the division. I didn't see value taking the Niners with all the question marks, the unknowns of what you're going to get from Trey Lance, uh, Debo Samuel still unsigned where the Rams, I think were we did enough to keep status quo as the reigning champs mm-hmm. here. I think it's the opposite. I think there's plenty of value and reason to take the Eagles at plus 170 compared to the plus 110. And we'll go through all the moves you know, A.J. Brown, the big draft A trade. They draft a couple of uh, Georgia teammates and Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean, adding Jordan Davis to a defense that was already top 10 last year. They get to Hassan Reddick in free agency with back-to-back double-digit sack seasons. Uh, and I think at 20-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, in terms of their odds, Vegas is expecting them to be maybe the, the prominent dark horse candidate in an NFC that, again, has a couple teams at the top, but but very, very weak in the middle and the bottom of the pack. The wrong team is favored, in my opinion, to win this division. I think the Eagles should be. Uh, and this is coming from someone, Joe, who there's not a sports team I hate more in my life <laughs> than the Philadelphia Eagles. I feel so like there's, everyone there's... hates Philly fans. Philly sports teams in Philly. If you're an East Coast sports fan that's not in Philly, you hate Philly. I feel like it's a rule. Yeah, but with me, like uh, the Giants are my number one team. They, I'm 31 years old. I, the Cowboys never broke my heart. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really understand football in the early 90s. I was, you know, four or five years old. So I didn't experience that run. But I know like the Giants with Eli Manning, anytime they'd go into Philly, they'd get throttled. Victor Cruz's career ended there. Uh, the Giants, the one time they had a bye week in the playoffs in 08, Philly comes in there and obliterates them at home. It was a Plaxico Burris year. Like, it's just, it, Philly's just the Deshaun Jackson, too. How do you know? I try to forget that. That's why I mentioned that at the end. Like, it's the one team that I hate the most, but I also love money. That's why I think the Eagles should be favored. They're my favorite dark horse team from a Super Bowl odds perspective. Um, I actually bet them a couple of weeks ago at 28 to one. I think that they are in a weak NFC. Where it, it's to me, it's two teams, Joe. I think it's the Rams and the Bucks, and then it's everybody else's group together. I don't trust Dallas because we see it all the time. They're they're great in September, October, November, and then January they they just crap the bed. Philly, they check a lot of the boxes, right? I love AJ Brown coming over. You get a real wide receiver for Jalen Hurts, who I still think has a lot to prove because he strikes me as a guy who's a better fantasy quarterback than a real quarterback. But Devontae Smith, that's a nice one-two punch to have with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And they address the defense, some of their big needs. So to me, I think Philly is mispriced. They, I would have them as the favorite. I love the plus 170 more than I like for them to win you know, the NFC and the Super Bowl. But it, there's not a team with better odds that can realistically get there than Philly, in my opinion. 
Yeah, that's a great point. What did you make of the A.J. Brown trade? Did you like it? Certainly a great talent. The issue with him, sort of Amari Cooper-like, is can he stay healthy? That's always been his bugaboo since coming into the league. They traded the 18th overall pick in order to get him. So a hefty price tag and paid him a big contract extension worth $25 million a year. But as you mentioned, you put him and Devontae Smith together. The, the way they, A, complement each other skill set-wise, and then B, just the sheer upside given, you know, they're both young and they both mm-hmm. still, I think you could argue, haven't gotten anywhere close to what their ceiling will be. Um, there's a lot to like about both sides, but it is worth noting that the cost was immense. Yeah, I have I have no issue with the cost, though, because they're not paying their quarterback yet. So to me, like, that's the kind of move where I, I'm all for it. Like, if you're a young, if you're a young team with a young quarterback on a rookie contract and he's, you know, they made the playoffs last year. Last year, they exceeded their win total and they made the playoffs. They surprised a lot of people. Uh, they came out the gates. They were two and four. I believe they ended the season seven and four. So Jalen Hurts now, it's you can fairly criticize him if he struggles because he doesn't have Quez Watkins that he has to throw to and, and Greg Ward and Zach Ertz prior to him getting traded was kind of, you know, he looked pretty washed in Philly. Now he has the two wide receivers. He got, he has Miles Sanders out the backfield. He has Dallas Goddard as a tight end and they already have a nice chemistry. So now you could evaluate Jalen Hurts the right way too. So to me, Joe, if I get a, if I get a, a wide, a real wide receiver, I think AJ Brown is a clear top 10 wide receiver. Obviously, he needs to stay healthy, but I think now you could fairly evaluate your franchise moving forward with Jalen Hurts, and A.J. Brown is a dog, man. I always think of that game, the Thursday night game. They were a dog to the Niners in Tennessee, and there was no Julio. I think Derrick Henry was hurt, too, and A.J. Brown just destroyed the Niners secondary and single-handedly won that game for them. Yeah, I remember that game well. Uh, good call, good recall on that one. Uh, you mentioned Miles Sanders. I'm just hoping at some point as a dynasty owner, dynasty fantasy league owner of Miles Sanders, I'm hoping at some point it will be the year of Miles Sanders. Um, <laughs> I'm not holding my breath. Let's get to your Giants. We'll, we'll go there, then finish with the Commanders. Brian Dable, the new head coach. Uh, they've had 11 draft picks in this year's draft. I think by all accounts, everyone thinks they did well. Um, getting uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. And Evan Neal, um, Colton Tate came out recently and said he feels bad for Daniel Jones having to go through the coaching changes he's had, including a couple of years with Jason Garrett. Um, so some shade there. Um, I still can't believe I, I like I like what they've done this offseason. They were strapped cap wise. They didn't do a whole lot in free agency, but I think they did well in the draft. But I just don't know how they win four games in twenty twenty one. And Vegas is putting the line at four and a half. To me, it's putting way too much faith in Brian Dable being able to have the Josh Allen effect on Daniel Jones. Am I not giving them enough credit for that move, hiring Dable and what they did this offseason? Or am I on track here? Uh, A little bit of both, right? And Joe, you know, I hate giving answers where I play both sides of the field, but I think this one, it applies, right? Like the Dable thing, I think is very important. He helped turn Josh career around, really, if you think about it. But it also helped that you brought in Stephon Diggs. Like the, the, the career path for Josh Allen and Daniel Jones, it's not remotely the same. But also he had the help of a better offense in Buffalo. He had Dable, and then he had a top five wide receiver in Stephon Diggs. This is the most optimistic I've been for the Giants organization in a decade. 
It's been a very long time, Joe. And the reason why is they finally have a GM and head coach that are building a team to play 2020s NFL style football. This ground and pound stuff, the, the, the Dave Gettleman era, like it was a nightmare. The thing with the Giants, I'm not a Daniel Jones guy at all because it's constantly the same kind of tur- turnover. There's two guys on him and he's trying to throw a fadeaway left-handed pass or he's, you know, being dragged to the ground and he throws an under- interception and it's, it's the same kind of mistakes. But now you get him an offensive mind who has shown that he could produce with players on his team. You got Kenny Galladay, Tony, Sterling Shepard coming off an Achilles. Uh, the, the Giants now also have, at the end of their offensive and defensive line, guys that they can build with. Neil and Andrew Thomas on the offensive line, Thibodeau and Ojolari from last year. The building blocks are there to move forward, but you still don't have the quarterback. Give me the elevator pitch on them. Best case scenario, how they get to be a wild card team. You know, on both sides of the football, who steps up? What are the players that develop? Who are the weapons that that step up? How good does Daniel Jones need to be? All of those questions. And I'm not saying you believe that's going to happen, but again, we've talked about how average the NFC is. And so there's going to be a couple of teams in the playoffs that, you didn't necessarily expect to be in the playoffs, but outside of the Packers, Rams, and Bucks, a lot of question marks around the entire conference. So I'm just curious. Give me the best case scenario of what might happen with this team. Oh man, what a what a question to ask. Um, it's hard, dude. I think the only thing that I could say is that they're in the NFC. But even so, are they better than the teams in that discussion? Your Saints, not your Saints, but like. The Saints, right? Uh, you got those teams in the NFC West. You got the Niners and the Cardinals. I'd still take those rosters over what the Giants have. I think Washington might be better than the Giants too. Uh, the case though would be the new the new regime coming in, right? Like I would I would rather bet them. I think it's more likely that they can make the playoffs than it is for them to win the division. So, like, if you want to get a little wild, maybe bet them to be a playoff team. As opposed to winning the division, I can't see them winning the division. I think another interesting bet could be Dable to be coach of the year. You see the new guy that comes in and improves the win total, which he would do. And then the narrative, it's New York. They've been so bad for so long. They made the playoffs because of him. You could see that getting some momentum. I'm trying to make cases, but there's not a lot of conviction behind these reasons that I'm giving you as well. Their odds for basically everything are the exact same as the Washington Commanders, where we'll end, the, where we'll end this conversation. Obviously, the big move for the Commanders trading for Carson Wentz this offseason. They shuffle up the offensive line. They lose um, Brandon Scharf. They get Trey Turner and Andrew Norwell. Um, to me, they're going to be stuck in this good, not great purgatory for a while. And... Um, you know, they got the, the contract done with Terry McLaurin, so he will be there. Who knows what Curtis Samuel will give them, if anything. But they do have skill pieces there. I just, I don't know. You have Chase Young coming off an ACL tear. They were better last year after the injury. I'm not saying they're better without him. But he, even when he was playing, he wasn't as good as he was. It seemed like he'd regressed from his rookie season. I don't know. I, 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 and I guess maybe I'm, A, I just hate the organization because I hate Daniel Snyder. And B, I'm probably still hurt because I was... Uh, one of the fools that got on board with them being the dark horse candidate last year. And they were so mm. terrible and made me look so bad. So I'm certainly staying away. I probably won't bet 
an under either. I just don't like betting unders in general, but um, I'm curious, you know, where you're at with this team and if you feel like they've made any significant strides because to me, I don't know how much better Carson Wentz is than Taylor Heineke. I mean, maybe more consistent, but less upside. I have no idea, to be honest with you. To me, they're kind of the same guy right now. Uh, and I know it might be a little crazy to hear, but like what has Carson Wentz hasn't really done much since he got hurt, right? And that altered his entire career. Everyone knows he was, you know, it was like minus 500, Joe, going into that Rams game when he got hurt. Uh, he was taking the league by storm then. The thing with Washington that's interesting is they they took a wide receiver in the first round, Dotson. Uh, and he's out of Penn State. And him and Terry McLaurin are two of the best wide receivers in non-catchable balls, right? So if you're into those like advanced analytics and PFF stuff, Carson Wentz is one of the worst, like accurate quarterbacks in the league. Like he's he's not that accurate. He throws a lot of unkills. So they're kind of building the team to cater to Carson Wentz to help him as best as they could. I like Gibson in the backfield, but JD McKissick, anytime he steps on the field, it just looks 10 times better and the offense just runs better. Defensively, Chase Young coming off the ACL. I feel like he's one of the most overhyped players I have seen in a very long time. Uh, even his rookie year, he had like three monster games that elevated his stats. Is a team who, you know, six, seven wins right where they have it is where I see them ending up. Okay, so I think we're on the same page. The, the, our favorite bet, uh, looking through this entire uh, division, is Eagles at, at plus whatever you can get them to win the division. Do I have that right? I don't want to speak for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm with you on that. They, they they should be favored. Good stuff. And uh, yeah, plus plus one seventy. Uh, I'm all over that. I've already bet that. I've already bet that, and I took a little bit of a stab on them to win the NFC. I think it's interesting. Again, final thoughts on them. Now that it's at, at down to the twenty to one on win bet to win the Super Bowl, there's not. It's Vegas. There, that's not a ton of value. Uh, that's not like a big time long shot. That's in the ballpark with the Broncos, who just traded for Russell Wilson. It's it really speaks to Vegas being very careful about offering any significant value on any team in the NFC because, uh, again, it's not nearly as wide open as it is in the AFC. Uh, Nick, good stuff, man. As always, love the conversations. Again, follow him on Twitter at NickDayis10 and check out his Veterans Minimum podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Nick, thanks so much, man. You got a vacation next week. So the week after, mm -hmm. we'll catch up with you, man. Uh, can't wait to talk soon. Sounds good, brother. Be good, man. Thanks, Joe. That is my guy, Nick Dayus. Friend, he's really just a part of the show. I consider him more of a co-host than I do a guest at this point. Um, and I love having him on. Obviously, to talk UFC, a guy who's taught me a ton about combat sports, um, but a guy who knows the NFL just as well as anybody. Uh, a really fun conversation. Hopefully, that helped you in, your, in terms of your betting previews and what tickets you're wanting to put in in terms of the futures market in the NFL. Let's get to a promo. All new WinBet users can bet $500 or more on sports or casino and be entered into a prize drawing to have their fantasy football draft at the Encore Beach Club right here on the property at the Win Encore in Las Vegas. Up to 11 friends. Bring the entire 12-team league to EBC for your draft. Again, it'll take $500 or more on sports or casino to be entered into the prize drawing. Go to winbet.com or download the WinBet app for official rules and details. 
Winning pick time. I'm down a unit in July. I'm 0-1 thanks to the Mets bats putting up a goose egg, uh, not just in the first five where I lost my bet, but the entire game against Cincinnati Reds. That's not something we say often. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to get a little bit greedy. Going with a parlay, a first five run line parlay at plus 316. Here are the three legs. I'm taking the Braves against the Cardinals. Why? The Cardinals are pretty good. Well, Spencer Strider has been an absolute stud over the course of his last couple starts. 18 Ks over his last 12 innings. Uh, Meanwhile, Cardinals uh, are basically a spot start for Matt Liberatore. Liberatore? Liberatore? Regardless of how to pronounce his last name, he's got a 5-6-6 ERA over his last 20 and two-thirds innings. Give me the Braves at minus a half a run in the first five against the Cardinals. The Astros against the Royals. Uh, Justin Verlander against Chris Bubich. That's all I needed to see. Uh, the Dodgers and the Cubs. Tony Gonsolin, been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. He doesn't go deep into games, but he's been an absolute stud. Every time he takes the bump, he will certainly be an all-star. And if not for Sandy Alcantara in Miami, he might be starting the all-star game. Um, he has... Uh, a 10-0 record and hasn't given up more than two earned runs in any start this season. He is facing Cubs starter uh, Mark Leiter Jr. Not to be confused with uh, rising prospect Al Leiter Jr. It's Mark Leiter Jr. Uh, 4.85 is his ERA through 29 and two-thirds innings. Give me the Dodgers uh, against the Cubs, the Astros against the Royals, and the Braves against the Cardinals, all by a half a run in the first five. Those odds at plus 316. That's going to do it for the show and finish up this week of Bet to Win. Thanks again to Nick Dayas for coming on to preview the NFC East. We've got more uh, divisional previews in the NFL coming next week on Monday and Thursday. A couple of big shows. The Open Championship is next weekend. We're going to preview it on Monday with Cam Rogers. The next Thursday, Tim Murray, my friend from VEASAN, going to come on, talk college football realignment and what's happening in the world of college sports. Much to come. We'll see you on the other side. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you soon, right here on Bet to Win.